Morning fun and the local news you need all day. You found Western Iowa's information leader and classic hit station. This is 1380 KCIM. It is 8.06 Friday morning. John Ryan, Nathan Cones with you, along with special guest in the studio with us here, State Representative Brian Best. Uh, first of all, Brian, sporting some new accessories here I see this morning. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. Well, I had a knee replacement done on December 13th, which uh, incidentally was the day after my birthday. So Merry Christmas to you. Thank, yeah, happy, uh, happy <laughs> birthday and Merry Christmas. So uh, we did that, and uh, so it's been about 20-some days now that I've been uh, hobbled up a little bit. Uh, progress is very slow, but it does keep it does continue. So yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic. I've never had a knee replacement, but for everyone who has, it, it can be a bear. So yes, it can. Speedy recovery to you, especially with the legislative session getting started on Monday. Thank you. So, I was thinking more of the ice and snow outside. <laughs> you got to be careful of that. <laughs> He's a rep. I expect him to represent. So. <laughs> That's right. I'll represent. I'll be down there. Speaking of representing, uh, let's talk about, we're going to talk about the issues facing the state here coming up. But I did want to get your opinion as an elected official on what's going on in Washington right now. Everybody's talking about what's happening in the House of Representatives. I'm sure you have an opinion. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I'm very disappointed that uh, 20 Republicans think that they can hold up the system when there's 200 Republicans that are in favor of uh, electing uh, McCarthy as the uh, uh, as the man, as the speaker. And so uh, that to me is a disappointment. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed a little bit for what's going on there. That That's not good for the taxpayers. When we send people to Washington or when we send them to the state of Iowa, uh, we send them there for a reason, and it's not to just to sit around and be obstructionist. Uh, so I, I hope they get this uh, figured out very quickly. So it's a bit of a different story, at least here at the, at the state house, at the Iowa Capitol. Uh, Republicans uh, seem to have uh, unity on that front, at least on nearly all of the issues that are going to be coming up. But uh, just thought, wanted your thoughts on you, Republic, the GOP strengthened majorities in the House and the Iowa Senate and held on to the, the governorship. So I just wanted your thoughts on kind of how that's going to play out heading into this session, at least from a top-down look. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the the party did well in Iowa. There's no doubt about it. I think uh, Florida got most of the national headlines for being the state that uh, was would, would say was the most successful for Republicans. But um, I got to say that Iowa was a, a close second and did very well. And so uh, we strengthened the House from uh, 60 uh, majority to 64. And uh, the Senate, I believe, went to 39. So uh, we both picked up seats. Um, and so uh, as a speaker, a speaker of the House for Pat Grassley, I'll say good luck because the more you have, the more the more issues you have to deal with. The and more cats you have to herd. Then a lot of cats. You've got a <laughs> lot of cats. So let's talk about some of the some of the areas. There was a little disagreement last year between the Senate and the House on what the school funding. Yes. Uh, private school funding, things like that. That's gonna be a big issue going on this year. You were on the side that did not want to have uh, private school funding. Is that or, kind of that that program put in place. Yeah, I, I was concerned, uh, and I remain concerned, uh, f for the reason that um, most people are, is that it's not really a fair playing field to public school, or to, yeah, to public schools, um, the way the bill was laid out. I'm not saying that I wouldn't uh, at some point be interested in, in supporting a bill that did that, but I think it just has to be very well thought out. Um, it, it can't penalize public schools by... Um, allowing private schools to do uh, things that public schools are not allowed to do 
um, or, or the other way around, requiring public schools to do things that you don't require uh, private schools to do. So if, if they can reach a, a fair arrangement on that, um, I'm not saying I wouldn't support it. I'm just uh, I'm just very cautious to say that I would. But if there's no changes made to it, you're still yeah, there not needs in to favor. definitely there needs to be changes. And it looks like they're going to be going that route. They've made that uh, subcommittee, uh, and it's I believe it's Speaker Grassley and uh, House Minority Leader Jennifer Confort are two of the five members, right? Yeah, and I know Matt Winschettel, who is the um, who is also in leadership, and uh, John. Uh, wills from the Republican side. So you've got the speaker, the speaker pro tem, and you've got the majority leader as that, as the three members. Do you know what they're going to be looking at in that little subcommittee they have going on? I think they're just, I, I haven't been told formally, uh, but I, I think what they're really trying to look for is just a fair, uh, a way to bring maybe both sides together. I mean, it doesn't have to be a situation where public schools um, are excluded from any of the talks um, that they can be involved and I think that would be that would help a lot if to get their input on it to let them have some input uh, in that issue and if they can do that and th I'm I'm hopeful that there might re be reached something that could be reached that would be um, approved by everybody of course that'll be something we'll have to watch throughout the session and how that plays out do you want to look back a little bit uh, kind of history class uh, last year big win on the taxes a tax change in the state of Iowa. Uh, we had talked a little bit off air that we've kind of reached a point where going any further might be trouble. Uh, if you could just explain that a little bit further. Well, I think there's concern that you take, you um, give too much money back, back to the taxpayer and then all of a sudden you're not able to provide the services that are expected by the taxpayer. So uh, our job is to be as efficient as we can and uh, I think we've done tremendous things, uh, 3.9 flat tax within a couple years uh, for the average Iowa tax, for all Iowa taxpayers for that matter, um, it's just a flat tax. I think that's fair. Uh, I think that there's some down there, or maybe many, I don't know, that would like to look at the possibility of uh, reducing that even more. I'm not opposed to some types of reductions, but I just don't want to go to a situation where we're like Kansas and what Kansas did about five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, uh, was really a, a horrible thing for the state because they they just weren't bringing in any tax revenue and it hurt them very badly and I think they're still paying for that. What what type of reductions would you be in favor of? Just the state income tax or would it be a reduction in property taxes? What route would you like to go? Well, I'll, I'll learn a lot more about that being on Ways and Means this year and that's going to be one of the main things that we talk about. I wasn't It wasn't in my wheelhouse before. Um, I think as far as I'm concerned, I think we need to look at all of them. I think we have to look at property tax. I think we have to look at, uh, or property tax relief, I would call it. Um, maybe the state taking on a little bit more of that and, and taking away from the counties, um, uh, along with just the, the W-2, W-9 uh, people that just pay regular taxes to see what we can do for them as well. Uh, how these states get down to zero, um, we haven't been able to figure that out yet when you have states where you have zero income tax. So you mentioned property taxes, and uh, for folks who ever tried to look at the formulas for some of that stuff, it can make your head spin real fast. So uh, just vaguely, are you looking to just simplify the process to make it easier to understand for your average Iowan? Are you looking to reduce that? What, uh, go a little bit more in depth there. Okay, yeah. I think a simplification would be excellent. I think it'd be good. Um, they were talking a few years ago before this whole thing really gained momentum about being able to fill out your, uh, your uh, taxes on one postcard. Well, maybe we'll never get there, but it is it is very complicated now for sure. Let's talk about uh, what what your priorities are. I know you were you were you've talked in the past about uh, a pharmacy bill and things like that. Where does that stand, and what are you looking for from this session? Uh, the pharmacy bill 
uh, ended up being stripped down to a point where it was it was a good bill. It did some good things, but it didn't do what we what, what was it intended to do? It was intended to make sure that um, the pharmacy benefit managers who pharmacies are required to become part of, otherwise they won't get any business. So this pharmacy benefit manager owns the insurance company, and they also own a, their own pharmacy. So they're putting pharmacies in perilous positions where they can come back and claw back money anytime they want. The, the, to be part of this pharmacy benefit manager, you have to be willing to, to abide by their rules, which aren't fair. But if you don't join this group, you won't get any business. So they've kind of, they're kind of holding small-town pharmacies hostage. Um, there's still more that needs to be done. We did get them to where they can't claw back money, where before they could actually come back and say, we paid you about 100000 too much last year, and so we're going to take that money back. Well, no, that's not right. You can't do that. That's no way to do business. And so we did take that part out, but there's definitely more that needs to be done. If I recall from last session, there was a, a, a bill that allowed a study on pharmacy benefit managers. Uh, so we... Based on the way it sounds, we won't see much uh, action in the legislature this year on it, but potentially next year when that study gets back is when you'd really maybe see some changes. Yeah, and believe it or not, the, the pharmacy benefit managers are already fighting that bill. Um, they're already fighting it in the rules uh, where they're saying that we shouldn't have to uh, divulge this information, this retool, and they had to. So um, even now we're fighting it. We're finding it out already on that on that front. So there's it's an ever never-ending um it's never-ending battle. They're just pushing the the kicking the can down the road as, as far as they can. So, and speaking of kicking the can down the road, I couldn't help but segue into this. Um, <laughs> the, um, I am proud that we were able to get um, the bottle bill passed last year, and it's going to allow for um, small town places like the one we have in Carroll that that uh, do the redemption to uh, to be able to make enough money to be profitable and make it, make it work. There was something interesting about that, that it wasn't even really at the forefront uh, of, of what had been talked about for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we've reached an agreement and we've passed it. Yeah. And it just kind of came out of the blue. Yeah. Just, did that catch you as much by surprise as it caught me? Yeah, yeah. I talked about it for years. And, and uh, I know uh, like Jason Schultz was working hard on it, uh, my, uh, my sen the senator from this district. And you know, we, we both were like, what happened? Why did, well, how come nobody's fighting it this year? And I think sometimes... The lobby, um, who has, you know, they're powerful, and I think they just felt like they had been obstructionists for too long. And I think the lobby really felt like, okay, let's just get something done that we can all live with. Yeah. This is, and this is going to be of great benefit. Iowans wanted this, and I think there's people that would say, okay, we don't need a bottle bill. Um, we have recycling. We have these other things. But Iowans wanted it in a, in a great, uh, by great amounts. I think the percentages were 76, 80 percent somewhere in there in favor of a bottle bill. And when you have that kind of a, a support for it, we had to figure out a way to make it work, and we did. Now, you're the chair of the Transportation Committee, of course. Uh, what's new in that area? What specifically are you guys going to be talking about? Um, well, one thing I want to talk about is um, I want to figure out why the federal government makes it so difficult for a school to even get a bus driver. And uh, it's ridiculous, the amount of hoops that people have to go through to become a bus driver. Um, and this is mostly federal, but we've got to do something at the state level, and we've got to push the feds to, to do things that make sense, because we're, we're in jeopardy of losing bus drivers to a point where, and I saw something in the Des Moines Register the other day, well, I'm sure it was registered, but it was one of the papers that said something about a superintendent who was driving the bus in his district, and that's probably not unheard of. When you think about it, um, he was able to get, he was able to pass, but the amount of money that it even costs for the schools to either pay for the training or for a person to get the training, especially the first time. 
And CDLs in general have become a, a real problem for the state of Iowa, along with just bus driver CDLs. And this is not a recent turn of events. It's been happening for a long time. Right? It has been. It has been. Um, but I think that there have been some, some... I was a bus driver 20 years ago, and I remember going through the things that I had to do, and it was basically sitting through a meeting every year that didn't cost much, um, and, and being able to, to the one time prove that you knew how to how to uh, drive a bus, bus, and you knew how, where all the parts were, so in case you had a breakdown, those are important things. But now, and the, over the past 20 years, it's just uh, bureaucratic creep has just taken place, and, and it's becoming more and more and more difficult to do it, and uh, taking a lot more classes and a lot more time. And these are part-time folks that are doing this. Most of them aren't full-time. Well, you can't, you don't make them out enough money to make it a full-time job, so you have to do it part-time. And the, it's just unrealistic what they what they expect. Another thing I'd like to see too is um, we've got Iowa interstates at eighty thousand pounds, um, where Nebraska is ninety thousand pounds. We this is a federal rule, but we need to go to the feds and say, hey, let's just make this standard throughout the throughout the United States because. Um, we have ridiculous situations where to take a cattle to the stockyards in Omaha, you can't drive an Interstate 80, but you can drive, uh, take uh, back roads all the way down past the courthouse in Council Bluffs, past two elementary schools in Council Bluffs <laughs> with a hog or a, a semi full of cows or hogs, and uh, you can do it legally, but you can't drive on the interstate. It's that's that's government. It's, it's too bad. We need to get that fixed, too. I want to turn to a topic a little bit uh, headier, uh, at least for the state of Iowa. And, of course, it's it's abortion when it comes to uh, at least the Iowa laws regarding it. The legislature has been pushing this issue for close to a decade now. Uh, got something through, kind of got tangled up in, in the Iowa courts. But with Roe v. Wade being overturned, the Iowa Supreme Court uh, basically reversing their opinion that abortion is protecting the Iowa Constitution. Is 2023 the session where a law is going to get passed that's actually going to stick? Uh, I think so. I think we have to look at making sure that what we, if we were to pass something, that it, that it would be, um, that, it would, that it would stick and it would be okay. Um, uh, the, the bill that we passed, uh, it was either last year or the year before, which was a heartbeat bill, I thought was, I liked that bill, uh, and uh, I still like that bill. Um, we'll see where that goes. If, if there's going to be some folks down there that are probably going to want to do more. And that's the six-week ban after that, that the governor proposed. Well, that was that was basically a heartbeat, which I, I think they said was more, I, it seemed like it was more like nine weeks maybe for a heartbeat. Uh, Six-week would be maybe a little bit different yet. Um, so the definition of when you can actually um, tell when there is a heartbeat, I think, is important in that. That um, th that bill I thought was okay. I, I, I thought it was all right. Um I've always said that I'll be pro-life, and I, and I will be pro-life. Um, we'll just see where it comes out. Well, we've had uh, sessions that uh, we didn't think would last long, and they did, and some that we thought would, and, and they didn't. What's your outlook for this session? Uh, any, any kind of fireworks we're going to see, or is it just going to be one of those calm, uh, let's just uh, you know take business as usual? There can always be something else that creeps up um, that I'm not expecting, but I think the vouchers is going to be a big part, the, the educational voucher system that, we're, that we've been talking about. Is that going to be tackled first? Uh, I, I hope so. I hope we get to it right away uh, because uh, I'm, I'm hearing that it's possible that we may, that would be the one thing that would keep us there for a long time. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, the, with the new makeup of the, of the house, um, I would think that it might be a little bit more of, of, uh, uh, of a possibility that that would get passed this year, but mm -hmm. we'll just have to see.
All right, so uh, you start the session with one brand new knee and a, and a whole new outlook for 2023, right? Yeah, I've got this T-shirt that says, uh, when I turned 60, I got a T-shirt that said 60 years old, all original parts. So I'm 62 now, but I don't have all my original parts anymore. So going through the uh, TSA at the airlines, I'm not sure if I'll have to uh, tell them that I've got an artificial knee or not. Well, were you still under warranty? That's the question. <laughs> I'm still under warranty. All right. Well, all those steps, though, man, that, yeah. that could be interesting. Well, we do have elevators. Uh, yeah. You just well, can't be in any hurry. That's, all that's, right. that's the main thing. Well, yeah. No meeting starts until the chairman's there, right? That's so true. transportation, you've got that one that's locked true. down. I just got to leave early and make sure I get there on time. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. And good luck with the, the knee and the recuperation and all that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Brian Best, once again, State Representative, joining us here this morning on KCIM.